Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today. We're in the world of socks. I'm, I, I love socks. I know it sounds crazy, right? I really love cool designs on socks. And I'm pretty picky about it. I didn't used to be, but I think the last couple of years, I was very picky about it. This last year, I've had to like go on hiatus from getting cool socks, you know, while we've all been locked at home. But now I'm kind of feeling that angst of it's time to start ramping up the sock game again. And you guys are going to love the podcast today because on the podcast is Marissa Chef. She is the founder of Sock footage like not stock footage but like sock footage and marissa it's so great to have you on the podcast thank you so much for having me i appreciate the opportunity i am so excited you're here um i already found a number of designs i told you earlier before we hit record that i would totally take like today um that i already have in my shopping cart here <laughs> and I, i'm really excited for what you're doing and, and you've, you've taken a unique angle on on this this category i'll call it so i'm excited to get there but before we do um Share with us a little bit of your background. I saw you you did a lot of different sales work and you're creative and you're in fashion. So like, how did you get to the point of starting this company? Yeah, I graduated um, from fashion communications here in Toronto at Ryerson University. And I actually am originally from Montreal. So I moved back home um, for a bit and uh, delved right into the sales world. So I worked in a number of different companies as a sales manager for a number of years and my latest stint was at a large stock manufacturer here in Toronto. Oh, and got it. During my Makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> during, during my time there, I learned something that I'd never heard before, which was that socks were one of the most needed but least donated items to homeless shelters. So I'm going to say that one more time. Socks are one of the most needed but least donated items to homeless shelters. And the reason behind that is that most homeless shelters will not accept used socks. So when you think about bringing donations over to a shelter, you know, we're in the middle of transitioning seasons. Um, So when you think about spring cleaning, you're often just going through your closet, seeing what you don't need anymore and bringing those donations over to a shelter. You rarely think about going to a store, purchasing something new and then bringing it over. So for that reason, there's a shortage in the area of socks and underwear. Gosh, um, so I don't think most people know that. You know what I mean? I don't know that. Yeah, most and people some, don't. And some people, like I think I may be guilty of this. It's like I just throw that in the box and bring over stuff, and I and I didn't know that For I sure. knew that that wasn't really allowed. Yeah, no, it's not that it's not allowed, but I would just say that most shelters won't accept it. So, and unfortunately, when they're sorting through the donations, they'll probably end up tossing that, which is really unfortunate um so when i learned that um i was at i was at this job for five and a half years and then i decided to um, make a lateral move to a new job and fortunately or unfortunately um i took a new job and then i got laid off four months after i took the position and so i was at a bit of a crossroads in my career the normal marissa behavior would have been to jump into the next <laughs> to the next corporate, thing right um, position And so uh, I was very fortunate to get a good severance package out of the situation. And I actually had 
um, opened an office here in Toronto. I was the first employee for this particular company. Um, and so I had an office to go into that was paid for for the next three months. And I had, wow. you know, I still, I was still getting paid. And so I felt this almost this like responsibility to then use this opportunity to try and do my own thing, which had been something on my mind for quite some time. But, you know, as with most entrepreneurs, it's it's hard to sort of make that first step from the corporate world into the entrepreneurship world. And so this sort of gave me the confidence that it was less risky to try something at that very moment. So the stars aligned for me. And um, I, I essentially wanted to use all the relationships and um, connections that I had made in the stock world to try and do something that would give back. And Giving back has always been extremely important to me. I um, I volunteer here in Toronto at what is called the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. Um, and that is a hospital where um, I actually was volunteering. They had a library on site in the hospital and I was volunteering playing board games with the patients. Um, and so through that experience, sort of my biggest takeaway was um, that everyone just craves connection and conversation. Totally. If this pandemic has ever. taught us anything, yeah, <laughs> right. if this pandemic has taught us anything, it's that, you know, we should have cherished those moments. And so we're really totally. craving that right now. And unfortunately, what, what else the pandemic has taught us is, um, you know, the, the homeless community is one of the most vulnerable populations during this time. I don't know what it's like where you're living right now, but here in Toronto, we just entered our third lockdown. Wow. And so what that means is that access has been cut off to all public spaces. So anywhere where members of the homeless community would have gone to get out of the cold or use a washroom are no longer available to them. And so I think these are all things that we take for granted you know, we, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, my God, I cannot believe that we're still at home. Right. Well, we have a home and we have a <laughs> right. roof over our heads. We have food on our plates and not everyone has that luxury. So uh, for me, it was just really important to put things in perspective and help in any way that I could. And for me, because of my sales background, this was the way that I could, you know, get a greater awareness out there and educate people on the need for socks in the community. So. I love it. Really, really cool. Um, you guys can go to sockfootage.com. Really cool. Every pair for every pair of socks purchased on the site, including subscription plans, they donate a pair. And I love this whole uh, hashtag of pay it footword. Very, very crafty. Um, you, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for getting that right. <laughs> I know. It's, I almost said, said it, you know, what it's, what most people probably think it says. Anyway, um, really, really cool. Um, so, uh, need to have an idea. You see a problem you want to address. Uh, you already know the industry. Very good. So, what was first? Like, how did you get started? Was it pick out some styles? Was it talk to manufacturers? Was it get a website up? What did that look like? So, interestingly enough, the idea started with the vending machine. So, I'm not sure if you I saw, saw that, that on my site. which is so <laughs> unique. I mentioned to you before, I spend a lot of time in food and beverage, right? And that's usually what a vending machine is for. You have a sock vending machine. Like, uh, how? Yeah. So, uh, I sort of like when I decided to delve into this world, I wanted to find creative, non traditional retail outlets for socks. And so, it went through many iterations. At first, I was like, what about a food truck with socks and, you know, driving around the city and trying to figure that out or a pop-up store or things like that. And and I landed on vending because I think, you know, having um, traveled abroad, I see that vending is huge in Asia. And totally. um, I think that 
Um, whether it's good or not at this moment, you know, obviously there's less touch points with a vending machine. So in terms of COVID and being sort of safe against that piece of it, you know, interaction with a human being at all times. Um, and I think there's like a few elements to the vending machine that drew me in. It's just very non-traditional. And I think people love the idea. It's a little bit interactive. It's a novel way to buy socks, but then it's also um, an interesting way to engage in a charitable act. So for me, it was really important to, in the design of the machine and the way that it was structured, to um, give the consumer a really nice user-friendly experience um, and make them feel good about giving back. And so when you approach the machine to buy a pair of funky socks, a separate pair of gray cotton donation socks drops simultaneously and free of charge from an air, a different area in the machine. Oh, that's cool. And it's based on the honor system. So um, it's meant to empower the consumer to do the right thing. So at the end of the day, um, they have the option to either deposit that donation stock on site. There's a plexiglass donation box attached to the side oh, yeah, of the machine. I see it. Machine. I see it on the side. That's really so, cool. So any on-site donations will go to our partner charity. Uh, in this case, the machine is currently at a mall in York Region, and so we've chosen a charity that's close to York Region that supports the homeless community, and so all the donations go to um, uh, this charity called Blue Door that helps with emergency housing. And um, the second option is obviously the sock drops to the bottom of the machine. So for me, and we'll get into this maybe a bit later, um, it was really important for me to give an option to donate face-to-face because, as I mentioned earlier, you know, people in the community crave connection and conversation, and it's something that they are not getting in their everyday lives. I always sure. share any any interview I do, any podcast that I do, I always share something that I heard on the radio, which is a crazy statistic, which said that homeless people only hear their names four times a year. Wow. And the reason... You know, when you think about that, it's so shocking. But then when you really think about that, it kind of makes sense because, you know, everyone's going about their day, passing people on the street. Very rarely do we even stop to talk to someone at all. Sure. And then, you know, beyond that, you're not really um, asking them their name. And so once I heard that, uh, anytime I see someone that's homeless, I will always go up and introduce myself by name and then have asked them what their name is. I think but that touch point is such a small act of kindness that we don't realize goes such a long way. Imagine you didn't hear your name. I, I know, you know. I can't imagine. For such extended periods of time, right. it, it almost makes you feel invisible. And so we want to bring it back to the basics. We want to give people the opportunity to feel like they have self-worth and that they're heard and that they're seen. And so um, for me, the face-to-face donation, if people are comfortable with it, is always my my preference. Um, understanding that not everyone's comfortable with it, I've given both options. So you can either deposit it and have it, you know, know that it's going to a good cause regardless, or give it out yourself. And I generally keep socks in the backseat of my car if I'm ever driving somewhere and I see someone. That I'll never give money. That's my own choice, but uh, I will always give socks. So, Interesting. Um, really, really cool. Okay, love it. Yeah. And, you know, we've jumped right to, hey, socks product with tags, brand new and vending machine. How did you get to initial product, though? Like, what was the initial, 
one was it women's socks men's socks how did you figure that out who'd you go to like how did you get your branding on it like how did that all work so right now my model is i've partnered with brands that are already existing in the marketplace to incorporate the social component the three to five year plan here is to eventually manufacture stuff under my own brand so right now the Donation stock is under sock footage, but okay. the um, novelty, funky socks are under various brands that I partner with. And that's sort of where my relationships from my sales career come into play. So all the manufacturers that I was dealing with before, I'm working with now, and they're supporting me in this initiative. Oh, that's really cool. Okay, so so the ones I'm seeing like under the men's area, of course, um, like the bourbon socks, the taco socks, the tool socks, like those are made by... XYZ brand, you're reselling them, and are the and then are are they on board too with the whole donate a pair? How does that work? So, I um I own the inventory, so I'm okay. So you're buying inventory and reselling, got it? So I'm buying the inventory and incorporating the social. So I like the puzzle um, socks too. I work with people who yeah, those are great. I work with people who have supported me and who've been um, gracious enough to get on board with the concept, but. At the end of the day, stock footage is the one responsible for the donation piece. Got it. That's really cool. I love it. And then at some yeah. point, if you wanted to manufacture your own, you'll you you could probably work with some of these in your network to get that started. Yeah, that's the idea, and I, I'm starting to sort of um, research that area. But uh, for now, I, this is the model that I decided to start with. And so we have men's, ladies, and kids socks. As you mentioned, we have sock subscriptions that give <laughs> consumers the opportunity right. to do a good deed every month. Um, it's a great gift. It's really, I, we call it the gift that keeps on giving, and that's literally what it is. Um, for Mother's Day, we have sock bouquets. Um, so <laughs> we, awesome. we really try and, and get outside of that box, you know, and be that non-traditional retailer that's going to bring a little bit of a new angle to, you know, just gift giving and then giving back. Um, yeah. And so, I yeah, love it. So that's- I really, really cool. And I think very reasonably priced, by the way, um, compared to some Thank others you. that are fancy, I'll call it at some high end stores that I know of. Um, so let me ask you this. So you've got this going now. How did, how have you been building awareness? How are you getting people to the site? Like what, how does that, how have you built like somewhat your brand? So a number of ways, obviously the, uh, so the vending machine is a pilot project. So there's just the one right now. Um, obviously pre COVID, the idea was to, um, you know, pilot the project, decide if we should invest in more machines. Uh, initially, the machine launched into my old university, actually. So it oh, was there for cool. quite some time. Um, and then during COVID, when classes moved online, um, I decided to move it to a mall, which has been a great location for it. Um, but, you know, I think once things resume to somewhat normal, um, you know, the idea was initially to put it in airports or um, totally. large office buildings, things like that. So, um, when I did uh, approach people initially about the machine, I, um, I actually, one of the first companies that I approached was Facebook Canada. And um, Interesting. it didn't really make sense to put the machine in their office because they only had about 100 employees. The right. traffic perspective didn't make right. sense. But, right. um, but they were um, amazing. They suggested that I come in to do a little pop-up for their employees. And so... I started doing that pre-COVID, and that was actually a great way to educate companies on the need and also spread awareness. So I did my first pop-up at Facebook Canada, and then 
um, reached out to a number of other tech companies, including Google, LinkedIn, and started doing some pop-ups there. Um, and then I moved into the co-working spaces. Um, so that was part of my model pre-COVID. Now, obviously, we've had to do any in-person things virtually. Um, but actually, you'll notice on my site, if you go to the blog section, um, pre-COVID, I was supposed to do um, a similar pop-up with WeWork. Yeah, and, great uh, location. Unfortunately, I had, to, um, I had to pivot that model. And then I decided, you know, the awareness piece is just so important. Um, so when I decided to do something with WeWork, we actually transitioned it into a webinar. And uh, I was fortunate enough to secure the main guest speaker was a formerly homeless man named Joe Roberts, and he lives in BC. And he was homeless for 10 years and then became the CEO of a very large multimedia company and was a millionaire before the age of 35 after wow. being homeless for 10 years. Wow. And so I would encourage people to visit that and just check that out. It's really quite inspirational. And so for me, it's not just about selling socks. It's about creating awareness. And so, um, you know, you ask how, how I got the word out about soft footage. So um, that ties into the hashtag pay it footword initiative. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and so the idea behind pay it footword is really for um, anyone who is purchasing socks to then create user-generated content on their iPhone of their before and after moment of their giving experience. Like almost like a video diary. Like how did it feel? Were you intimidated to approach someone? Is this something that you've done before? And then um, after the fact, like, how did it go? You know, was it an impactful moment? For me, you know, there's lots of brands out there doing this one-for-one giving model, Tom's being the most sort of famous at this That's point. Right. That's right. The differentiating point for me and with soft footage is that we're really allowing the consumer to get involved and be present in that donation experience, which I think is an important touch point that's been removed from some of those other brands. You know, it's one thing to give on behalf of the consumer, but then they don't have that impactful moment where they see the person on the receiving end, they see the smile, they feel it. And that's one of the things that propels people to want to keep giving. And I think it's an important piece that's been removed from the equation. So I'm, I'm trying to bring that back to basics and Again, you know, we talk about connection and how important it is. And I think, you know, this pay it footword movement by sharing that content online gives people the opportunity to feel comfortable enough to step outside of what they would do in their regular day and maybe try to give face to face and see how it goes. I have one example that I want to share. So, Please. Um, I had um, one person purchase socks online and she decided to have so when you purchase online you're prompted uh, at at checkout um, with a pop-up that asks how you would like to take care of the donation so you can either have us donate on your behalf to one of our partner charities or you can have you can actually have the donation socks shipped out with your order to give face to face and so i had someone purchase socks online they opted to have the donation socks shipped out um they decided to go out and give with their kids. And so they did that around Christmas time. And the experience was so positive that her kids decided, you know what, mom, is there like, are there other things that we can give and how can we continue to do this? And they separately organized an initiative where they put together 120 
care packages with deodorant, toothbrush, toothpaste, all the supplies that are needed beyond soft. And they went out and they gave them out in their community. And it's this domino effect of giving. And that's sort of really the foundation of the hashtag pay it forward movement. You know, once you see someone giving and you see the experience and you see how positive it is, it really just makes you want to continue to do it. And that's, that's the point. I think it's very, very cool. And I love, like you said, the brand tie-ins I was looking through on your site. Um, Marissa, this is really cool. Share, um, you know, what if, if you had to pick one or two lessons learned in the time of getting this going, you know, this is somewhat a startup, your early stages. Like, what would you offer to others listening in terms of advice? I, um, I read this quote um, from a, an author that I really like. Her name is Glennon Doyle, um, and it's from the book called Untamed. And it's, stop asking directions from people to places that they've never been. Hmm. As an entrepreneur, it's really important to remember that your immediate network might not always understand entrepreneurship. And so there are always going to be people that just don't really get the journey and are trying to discourage you from getting out there and, hey, you're not going to make enough money doing this or so on and so forth. Of course, the doubters. They can really... They can really beat you down. And as an entrepreneur, it's hard to stay motivated. So definitely surrounding yourself with a strong network of like-minded individuals who are working towards a similar goal is super important because entrepreneurship can be extremely lonely. Um, You know, so that would be my first sort of tip. Um, And then also, you know, for the new entrepreneurs that are just, just starting out, I think, you know, in terms of, um, finding an idea, because I think that that's sort of one of the biggest um, challenges, challenges when you're starting right. out. Yeah, I think just finding what you're good at and combining it with what you love, because I think if you are enough of a hustler um, and you have enough of a passion behind what you're doing, that you can't go wrong. Totally. I think, you know, as long as you believe in yourself, which, you know, goes back to just surrounding yourself with people that are going to lift you up rather than take you down, um, then that's the equation. That's that's the magic. Love it. Love it. Love it. So cool. And again, uh, love not, I love the product and I really love the branding and the company name. I think it's very catchy. I love your um, movement and I kind of work what all you have going here, Marissa. So share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy the product, etc. Yeah. So um, if you go online to stockfootage.com, you can definitely purchase stocks there. We ship to both the US and Canada. And, um, you know, with Mother's Day coming up, we That's have right. our stock bouquets. But I, I say with Mother's Day, but really, like, we've sold them for Valentine's Day. We sold them <laughs> I was for birthdays. Say, it's kind of great for any time. <laughs> Postage gifts, Easter, whatever, you know. Yep. Father's Day, too. I, guys love socks. So it's, um, it's a novel idea. Um, and, you know, if you're in the Toronto area and you want to check out the vending machine, you can uh, visit Upper Canada Mall, which is in Newmarket. And it is directly across from Champ under the escalator. Wow, um, very so, cool. Yeah, so uh, those are the two ways you can purchase at the moment. And um, hopefully down the road, when we start manufacturing our own brand, we will start to see sock footage in stores. Oh, yeah, I love it. Uh, really, really cool. I mean, like I said, early stage, you've got lots of great runway in front of you. Um, I think there's a whole... 
uh, closet refresh coming for most people too, coming out of COVID and as things open up, they're like, oh my gosh, I need, you know, new socks. I need a new blazer. I need, you know, whatever. And I'm like this perfect time to be in this space. So Marissa, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.